The Right Streaky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. And by the way, the uh, first ever Ricky same game parlay for the, we're going to do one for every Sixers game, cashed tonight. At, I got it at plus 320. So congratulations to everyone who got it. And also brought to you by Briggs Auction, the official auction of the process. Go and sign up for the Ricky giveaway, briggsauction.com slash Ricky. And body bio, use code RTRS20 for 20% off anything in the Body Bio store and Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter, statesidevodka.com. On the show today, boy, the Sixers start the playoffs as playoff motherfuckers. Uh, I would say led by the number one playoff motherfucker so far. He has the playoff motherfucker belt. That is one Tyrese Maxey. Before we do get going, I speak of Stateside Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter. The uh, Stateside Vodka Ricky Playoff Pack is available now. You get two Stateside Rocks glasses engraved, one engraved as Playoff Motherfucker, one engraved as Regular Season Bitch, and a 750-milliliter bottle of Stateside Vodka, all for $49.99. Go into the—we will put it in the the description of this podcast, wherever you listen. You can click in there and get it. So uh, And you can order it. You can—I think 47 states or something you can order it from. Love Stateside Vodka. Love Stateside Vodka. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Gaskin, along with a guy that bullied the coach of the Philadelphia 76ers into playing B-ball Paul by calling him a dickhead. That is one, Mike Levin. Ah, It's a good start. ah. You're back. Are you back? Are you back? Look, I mean, look. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm obviously not a well person no you've never been and so i'm li- you live in the you die with this team and you try to do these little things to like protect myself mm-hmm. and keep myself from melting down mm-hmm. to the i'm gonna melt down if they lose no matter what but like to the height that i could if i adjust my expectations and maybe i can psych myself into feeling better and psych the sixers i can feel like i'm responsible for something if i'm negative maybe they'll surprise me it doesn't matter what I predict the Sixers looked really, really good. This was one of the best games I've ever seen the Sixers play. Ever in your whole life? I think against a a a, a good team in a yeah. in in such a in such a place, absolutely. Well, this is the best f- team they faced in the first round, right? I mean, I would say yeah, so. maybe Celtics that one year, but yeah, but they were pretty young at, at that point. This mm-hmm. is pre- yeah, I. 
this is probably the best team, I think. Yeah, this and, team. And they team. just, look, the, we talked about it the past couple podcasts. The keys to the game that we needed were, number one, don't play DeAndre Jordan. So, like, check. Great. We, we'll talk extensively about that. Uh, then it was limit Toronto's offensive rebounds, which they did, especially in the first half. They really did. Yep. L- limit their limit the Sixers turnovers, which through some like, you know, accounting uh, generosity, they had no turnovers in the first half. How did, how did that happen? I, they, I, they counted I saw a couple turnovers. things as blocks. Oh, okay. Because um, I saw turnovers with my point. eyes. Yeah, right. And okay. then, and then from those turnovers, limit transition opportunities. And they mm-hmm. did all that, especially in the first half, but really basically the entire game. Um, those are the Sixers, you know, especially the, the, the Raptors turn, turn teams over more than anybody else in the league. They're an excellent offensive rebounding team. They get out in transition. Their half-court offense is really not good. It's just not a good thing, especially with Embiid, or sorry, with Van Vliet, uh, still like kind of dinged up with his knee, not at 100%. They just are a limit. Even with Siakam playing really well, they're just a limited half-court team. So if you can limit their transition offensive opportunities, then you're going to have a really, they're going to have a tough time scoring. And in the first half, they just fucking did all of it and especially didn't play DeAndre Jordan. I, I can't say that enough. They, 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 they truly at no point put DeAndre Jordan in the basketball game. And that is tremendous. I need to um, know. We have so much to talk about, but, and this seems like a small thing, but it only seems like a small thing to somebody who just got here. Yeah. What, what clicked in his, stubborn brain to just switch was it the public pressure of everybody going what a dumb fu-? like what what are we doing here like what clicked from him not playing this guy at all to saying this is the first guy off the bench the first well, center you know the first yeah. big i'm gonna play like, what yeah happened? i i have no idea and when derek tried to ask him he got very upset <laughs> if you remember uh, and he lied and then he lied a lot. He lied a few yeah. times and was really mean to D- Derek and then all the reporters and threw his assistants under the bus and said, like, they all agree with me, actually, when I'm sure they don't. I'm certain that they don't. If any assistants on the Sixers, even like the video coordinator wants to reach out and say, like, yeah, we think DeAndre sucks also. And Doc was lying. Please reach out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also mean to be ball Paul, who's a second year player, just trying his best. And it was like, I actually don't want him to succeed. Like, he, he's basically saying like he, he had no interest in, in Paul succeeding. Um, so I have no idea what changed, but I'm happy with it. Now you wish that there were, you know, more opportunities for Paul to play with like, like Bebo Paul wasn't like excellent tonight, but he's good enough just simply being there to defend the perimeter, not allow wide open shots and deter some shots at the rim. They called some ticky tack fouls on him. I hope like, I, I don't think that he was like too foul happy tonight. He had a really um, slick pass in the inside that I great think pass Harris, Tobias. Great Harris pass. missed the, missed the shot. He blocked the shit out of Van Vliet at one point, which is awesome. The, the most important thing is that they just survived the minutes. And obviously, that wasn't all him. I think Harden was responsible for some of it. Maxi was responsible for a lot of it. But in the first half, five minutes and 30 seconds, he was a plus. they were a plus two with him out there. In the second half, he only played three minutes uh, until garbage time, and they were a plus three in those three minutes. And that that's like it, it sounds so small, and I get it. But if you look back to that first Toronto series, they were a minus a billion in 12 seconds without Joel Embiid on the court. And just tr- like holding on and like stemming the tide. And the Raptors were trying to make a run in the second half, in the, in the third quarter. And, and you would think it would have come if there was like a last gasp run. It would have been in those end of third quarter minutes with, with Paul Reed. And it just didn't happen. And that's huge. And we're in a place where 
we can be mad at Doc either way, which is nice. Yes. Um, if Paul Reed plays bad, we can go like, you should have played him earlier this season, you what, asshole. Would have gotten um, more reps. What, so and more reps and more comfort with, <laughs> with the starters, all that stuff. But And if he plays well, then we can go, you dickhead, you should have played him earlier. Uh, we were right and you were wrong. And you, you're you not even happy about this. He probably isn't. But that's a good place for us to be in. And as much as like Maxi was excellent, it's weird we haven't talked about him like the being in the pod. But like the 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 Achilles heel of this Sixers team has been when it beats it's can they survive? And tonight they did against a good team and they won pretty handily because of it. And that kicks ass. That kicks ass. So as much as and and plus they, they did come in with a good game plan. It seemed like practicing for a week, go figure, actually helped. Um, and they seemed like really comfortable with each other, especially in the first half. And like, I will, even as I call him a dickhead, even as I don't think he's actually rooting for B-Ball Paul to do well, I will give credit to Doc Rivers for some of that. And I will still call him a dickhead. So there's two things, two, two non-B-Ball Paul headlines I wanted to, to discuss. Obviously, Maxi, And the other thing is the, like, I, I do want to talk about the turnover thing because we were, I, I, I don't want to say we, well, I'll talk for me. I think I was expecting a Toronto defense that would cause a lot more chaos than they actually caused. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of get to the bottom of why that happened. But, but first, Maxi, I, you know, I, I have said for several weeks now that the improvement is something that I could never predicted I believe in the shot now. Like I was wrong about so much. Not that I ever didn't think Tyrese Maxey would be good. He was on my YouTube big board, but I just, I didn't, I didn't believe this as I was seeing it. And then going into the playoffs, I just didn't know that he would get the opportunity to do it. Right. Because he, he would be deferential. He's younger. He has a coach that would defer to veterans. His performance tonight was not only great because he was great, he was great because he got the oppor- like he he took the opportunity to do it. Like like they need him to be a perimeter scorer in in the playoffs this year. Like w- whatever Harden is, he is not the 35 and 40 point a game guy he was at one point in his career. They need somebody could, to do it. His performance in every facet of the game from three point shooting fr- to getting to the basket to finishing on a break to like he was fucking unbelievable, and uh, look, it's a lot to ask from a what twenty or twenty twenty or twenty one year old kid in the playoffs to be your your basically your primary uh, perimeter scorer for a team that's gunning for a championship. But man, if he didn't look the fucking part tonight, he looked yeah, like I he mean, looked the part. This this is why. Look, I, I'm I, let me. I'm going to talk so much about Tyrese Maxey, but I'm I'm going to say this is why you got James Harden. Because there, the attention that Harden got allowed Maxi to not, he's not like starting the offense every time. He's second side, ball gets sw- swung to him, and he's attacking a closeout, or guys are worried about the Embiid Harden pick and roll, and he's there and he's already a step ahead because he's so fucking fast. And so, like, he's just, he's just so good. He's so delightful. He can score in such a, crazy amount of ways he has so much burst off of Harden's passes which is a a delight because nobody else on the team has that the three at the end when he pulled up from 30 was just like a different it's it's like seeing you know in the in like in like a movie when you finally see like the like magical land 
that you're going for that's like flowers blooming and like there's greenery everywhere the three like the three happen and like flowers like happy jumanji sprouted out of it's it's the like Wells the Center. it's like the end of a live when you realize you don't have to eat your friends anymore I trust. I trust that that's true. I was thinking more land before time, so okay. or like a bug's life or something. Okay. Okay. Um, and he just like the thirty. Him pulling up for thirty. The audacity of that uh, is incredible for a guy that shot like thirty-one percent from three last year and and wasn't much of a shooter at Kentucky. Um, the maxi chance with Tobias at the line. I feel a little bad for Tobias all the time, but like he just, it's just he's a delight, man. He's the best. The I mean, going left, he's made the shot a couple times, which is. You know, we always talk about Maxi has to like put on weight and like get stronger, and that's how he's going to be able to defend and, and and hang with guys in the post the way that Van Vliet, Lowry, those types of small guards can do. But like he has upper body strength because he absorbs contact and still finishes through it a lot. There were a couple times we did that going at the basket, and then like the obviously iconic play was him going left, and they and like I think Van Vliet must have slapped down or uh, Achua got like a bump on him, and he was going backwards and still like flipped it in even as he was falling backwards from like ten feet away. He's so he's so good he's absolutely incredible the value of him turning the corner on guys and just beating them off the dribble and beating them off the dribble whether it's ananobi who's an excellent defender or siakam who's a good defender or gary trent who's a good defender like that is not easy to do man and he and his speed is a is a legitimate weapon and for, for him to use that with also like ability to get fouls and get contact and the step back is absolutely like something that teams have to take notice of. He's he's I mean, he scored 38 it on 21 shots. They tried to get him 40. He couldn't get it. There was I don't know if you were for people that watch the uh, ESPN broadcast because I'm uh, at my sister's in Phoenix. The um, they they mic'd him up and afterwards he was like, I, I, I had to shoot it. I couldn't make it. I suck. It was, it was funny to, to guys see guy, guys giving him shit on the bench. Um, you, you can't say enough about it. Like he was, he should have, honestly, let's get mad at doc again. He should have played more in the, in the Hawks series last year. Um, <laughs> it's, he's, he's a special, special guy. I will just, I, I will lick Mike Muscala's face. Next time I see him, he is what a treat. It is to have him here Hold and up. he'll be here forever. And you give him a max contract for his life. And I would pay him. I would give him part ownership in the team, anything, that, whatever it takes to keep him here forever. That's how you're he thanking Muscala. Absolutely. But he wouldn't enjoy that. I, I don't care. <laughs> he needs to know. He needs to be. Look, any, if any Sixers fans ever run into Mike Muscala, like he has to be like, don't, we, you know, hurt him or anything, but like give him some physical hug. affection. Yeah, I, I think we need to raise a banner. Oh, uh, uh, Briggs Auction is sponsor of the Ricky. We love Briggs Auction. Delco, fucking four generation family owned and operated auction house in Delco. It has been hardcore at Briggs Auction lately. I, you know, when we started this, the auctions there were going to be every other week. Discovery auctions, you know, uh, furniture, fine arts, jewelry, all that kind of stuff, thousands of stuff with auctions starting at a dollar, but it's been basically every week. The one that's up now, the Discovery at Briggs auction that's up now, has a first edition Cat in a Hat book from 1957, which is pretty dope. Uh, I saw the Cat in a Hat thing. I was like, I had one of these. Not a first edition from, uh, from 1957. And also a Japanese World War II samurai sword. That's right. There were several samurai swords in there. 
as well as like really great furniture. And especially now when you order furniture, it takes like six months or a year because of supply chain bullshit, but not when you get it from Briggs Auction. Download the app, the Briggs Auction app. You can do that or go to BriggsAuction.com. And if you go to BriggsAuction.com slash Ricky, speaking of Tyrese Maxey, this week's Ricky giveaway, which all you have to do is give us your email there, has a Tyrese Maxey rated rookie and a uh, Art of the Take t-shirt. So go to BriggsAuction.com slash Ricky. Look, pick up is easy of the lots that you win. You could do it on Saturdays or by appointment, or they'll find you a shipper if it's something big that you can't get yourself. Briggs Auction can help you out with that. And if you're downsizing, if you want somebody to handle your estate, go send an email to info at BriggsAuction.com. Briggs Auction has two G's in it. Delco, love it. Garnet Valley, actually. BriggsAuction.com slash Ricky. BriggsAuction.com slash Ricky. Um, so the other thing we were talking about or that I brought up that there, whether it was actually zero turnovers in the first half or whether it was like two or three or something, did you notice something different than that? What Toronto that you expected Toronto to do, or do you think that the Sixers just handled it well? Because I expected more chaos and there were only two or three times during the, the game where they did it to Embiid and Embiid seemed flustered. I thought Embiid made quick decisions. And even though his final line wasn't like super impressive, I thought he played a great game. But what, like, do you, could you tell what was at the heart of Toronto not doing what we thought they would do? Yeah, I think ultimately it was about Embiid like trusting the pass a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Doc starting Danny was a, a in, interesting decision. I, I, it looked smart today, even though Danny played poorly. Um, but it's still like helpful just to have a, the threat of a shot out there. Um, I think he just passed really well. They, they seemed to really have a plan. They were expecting it and be knew it was coming from. I think sometimes there were times when like there was help from the backside and they just didn't get a hand like and be just like avoided the turnover at the last second. Like that could happen later in the series when they do get a hand on the ball and, and knock it away or anything. But, um, and beat had no turnovers, you know, yeah, he had more turnovers than assists in the previous Raptor series and to have no turnovers for him is, is, is a huge deal. Um, I think also like he didn't take many jumpers. So he like, didn't. that's a good point. Yeah. It was his first jumper. Like I think came in the second half. Um, he was really like conscious of getting at the rim and using his physicality and size to do it. I think there were a couple of times when he was like out of control, but honestly, like as frustrating as it was to sometimes see him do that, which is rare. It was kind of demonstrative. Like it demonstrated how much bounce he had and like how like loose and, and frisky he feels. Um, and then the block on Siakam also uh, made that emphatically known, which is, which is really cool to see. Um, and I think that when Matisse was in there, they wanted to send more doubles. They wanted to help off Matisse guy, but, Matisse only took the one shot and he made it, which was nice. I love threes off of offensive rebounds. Um, but I know like watch Matisse. I seemed really like conscious of this. He was cutting and being in the dunker spot and not just standing in the dunker spot, but like moving around in there. And that like Achua was on him sometimes and Siakam was on him sometimes. And whoever, like if Ken Birch was on Embiid or whatever, and you could tell they wanted to send help from the middle. They, Embiid was posted up at the nail or, or fronting or uh, facing up at the nail. And you, a couple times they were like, all right, we're going to help off Matisse. And then Matisse cuts to the other side. And it's like, well, we have to like kind of go back a little bit because he's, that's going to be an easy dunk. And so, and then their shooters on the wing. So they can't help off, off of them. And so I think even though Matisse like didn't do a ton offensively, like I think his being active 
they they're conscious of him and that's like a win all like of itself and there was a time when matisse screened for a tobias corner three that was nice but yeah i thought i thought Embiid's passing was was really the difference um and they just seemed really prepared for the doubles that they were being sent like there was a there was a tobias cut early that was uh that Embiid made a really nice pass on um when he got behind the defense there was a, a knee angle dump in duck in that I, I thought was really nice there was a whip to the corner which we've seen mb do a bunch of times and then uh then the Toronto started scrambling later, and then there was that pass to shake for the layup later in the game. Um, I thought everyone just played, with the exception of like that little, uh oh, the lead is shrinking early in the third quarter. Yeah, I, I thought they played really composed. They really like seemed to know what was coming, and Embiid is impossible to stop, even though he didn't play his best game. Um, and Maxi is the best player of all time. Um. You mentioned Thibel. So Danny Green started uh, over Thibel. You know, I, I thought this could have happened in the playoffs regardless of whether they're playing in Toronto and, and Thibel's situation where he can't play in Toronto. I think it makes sense in, in this particular situation. But, um, you know, offensively, it, it makes a lot more sense for Green to be in the starting lineup, you know. So um, did, would it surprise you at all that Green started? Didn't surprise me. No, I think especially in this series, like I think Doc values continuity and guys like knowing their roles. Um, as a former player, I think he values that very high. Um, and sometimes that maybe is part of the reluctance to like make adjustments because he's like, I want guys to know what we're doing and it's going to be this and we're going to stick with this for the most part. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was helpful because they had to account for him. And if Matisse hits like, another three in next game obviously then he won't play till game five but like just er everything helps in the playoff it's like an inch if a guy's leaning one way like that that opens up the thing so much for maxi or whoever to step through and 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 get get into the lane if, if matisse's guy is hugging him just like a little bit more um and that's massive and i thought let's like just we have more to talk about for Embiid, but I thought Tobias was great. Tobias was awesome Tobias was absolutely great and he doesn't it was like a quiet Tobias game just because of how good Maxi was, and Maxi was getting MVP chance while Tobias was at the line. But That's tons gotta, of quick decisions from Tobias. Quick like, decisions, playing downhill especially. Um, he was three for five from three, which is great. He got to the line a little bit. He had a little finger roll attacking the closeout. He had an offensive rebound. I I bet without looking, Tobias has had like on not his own shot that he misses a layup and like battles for. I would get. I would bet Tobias Harris. Had like less than ten offensive rebounds all season on like other people's shots. Like it's, I can't, I can't remember the last time I saw it. And he had the nice offensive rebound to Matisse for that for that three. Um, I really think like he was hitting shots off the catch, and Toronto closes out quick. So for the fact that he was he took five five, I'm happy. I'm happy with five threes, and and the closeouts and like the attacking was fast and quick and decisive. And he had a couple of nice passes off of it. He was active on the defensive end. There were a couple foul. I thought he played great defense. He got called for a couple fouls on on Siakam that I think I was like I that was good defense on one on Gary Trent I think. Um, I thought he was great. Twenty six points on on fourteen shots, six assists, one turnover, like plus seventeen. Yeah, just like a really 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 nice Tobias game. And and you, he was horrendous in those first couple weeks with Harden here. Horrible. And you just like have to give him credit for for turning that around, working through whatever he was working through. I'm sure being pissed off at the fans for not like appreciating him, maybe being pissed off at the organization for being like this. I'm really going to have to take a back seat. And for him to come out game one, I was worried about him reverting back to the old Tobias. Obviously, there's still a possibility that happens, but he was awesome tonight. You know, Maxi Harden and Embiid are going to get all the credit. 
and be Paul. Um, but Tobias was really, really great. And that's, that's huge going forward because they have a lot of, the, you know, Nick nurse is going to come out season uh, game two and try to shut, shut down Maxi. And maybe it's going to be Tobias that it's going to have to like have more opportunities and go against mismatches and all that stuff. So it was good to see him succeed tonight. So it's funny that we have done this entire pod, you know, 25 minutes into the pod and we have barely talked about <laughs> Joel and Pete and James Harden, which is is saying something and is something, by the way, that they're going to need. I thought Embiid, like, quietly had one of his better playoff games, honestly, because he was so solid. Like, I was so fearful in my gut. And, you know, I thought Michael Connor had a good gut check this week and yep. AU had a good uh, an even better a- gut AU's check. article was great it was, great, it was article. great great article from AU and as as Michael Connor says and I've said before AU captures the how we feel better than I think anybody does you know you believe in Joel you yell about him deserving the MVP but then down in your gut do you really trust him when you know when it's it's these sorts of times and he like he was the the fulcrum of this game, you know, like even he didn't score 38 and he wasn't hitting shot after shot after shot, but he was so important as just sort of this, this rock solid thing in the middle of the team that I think he, I, I, I just thought like even his lack of emotion the entire time in a positive way, sort of saying focused and winning was a, a grown up Embiid. And it was a really, really, really strong game, even though the box score doesn't look like it. But I thought it was a super strong game from Joel. Totally. I mean, they, he fouled, he fouled out uh, Chris Boucher um, a couple times. I think he got like he got Siakam in foul trouble a couple times. They just can't like, you know, we'll see. We haven't talked about Scotty Barnes yet. That's like. The x-rays are negative. They Woj just tweeted, and there's going to be an MRI tomorrow. It could it's be really a, hard. A I mean, like, it looked like he broke his foot when he stepped on it. Like, uh, Embiid wasn't... Scotty stepped, like, put his foot down from behind, and then Embiid was just, like, in the middle of his move. So it's not like... I think people want to, like, make it seem like there's ill intent no, on Embiid's part wasn't. there. Especially because, like, there were a couple, like, you know... It's physical. It's a playoff game. Like how many times have we seen like physicality in a playoff game where like our guys are like getting like out toughed and this this game it was like Embiid establishing like we're not going to be the weaker team, um, and that's going to result in some guys like getting hit in the face. And by the oh. way, just quick thing, not every time anyone gets hit in the face it's a flagrant foul. Sometimes I you go for the ball you. and you hit yeah. somebody in the face. Like that's basketball. What do you, what is it going to do? What and, are we doing? It's, but, I just want to you know if I ever see a ref, we should have a ref honestly on the podcast in the off season for the future. I want to talk to a ref. I want to get one. Talk. I just want to talk. Let me just get my bat. I just want to talk. I play. I played little league with Gonz and I played little league with a ref. Okay, bring him on. the the uh, The thing about what happened with Scotty Barnes and his foot, it's sort of amazing that it doesn't happen all the time. Honestly. All the time, like, with as as bunched up as they are totally. in the lane and jumping and running and all that kind of shit, I would think people would that would happen like every game. One hundred percent. Ken Birch or Achua, one of them fell down, like tried to like flop on an Embiid play, and then Embiid like lunged forward for like a like a floater or like a finger roll or something and i'm like he's gonna step on his something and turn something um luckily it didn't happen but yeah hopefully scotty's fine i look it looked worse Thad Thad young also out out with a thumb injury it seemed like um scott without scotty they're tough but they're they're still not 
like there's not a person on this team that can cover Joel Embiid. And that's what we were fearful of is that they're going to send so many bodies and they can recover. And if the Sixers get like tentative from three and Harden's not a great catch and shoot guy and Tobias has like his tendencies and Maxi is small. So it's tough for him to get a shot off. Um, and none of that happened. They just like really moved well together and played well together. And, and that start, starts with Embiid, like getting action going early, getting to the line, being physical so that they, knew they had to send help and then and then players cutting off of them it's all like that's the like i'm going to be sentimental for a second but like that's like the beauty of basketball like if one thing happens and they have to adjust and then that thing that opens up this thing and then you have to adjust from that and it's like it's it's a constantly like moving thing i'm going to start crying i don't know why um it's a hell of a game but the mb transition like long euro step into the finger roll the like that it was like a Giannis type my brother my brother-in-law said it like looked like a Giannis play where he like long steps and then just like guys are like bowling pins like rolling out of the way uh that kicked ass i mean he's the only above average rebounder on the team only the only one the only one and except for like charles bassey who's god knows where um and he like kept getting to that right hand soft touch get a couple offensive rebounds like easy looks it was really nice he didn't hit a jump shot all game he had no jump shots the whole game um so it's nice to win so handily even though like i was nervous the entire time and my family was like why aren't they taking the starters out and i was like everybody just relax we're yeah. not taking the starters out with five minutes left like nope. come on here we, we go. don't deserve that we haven't we earned deserve that. It. we're doing we're doing the win let's yeah. do the win and then we can worry about any rest um we will but i thought i thought he was great and he was even though he didn't shoot well he still like set the tone and i, I can't express it enough four assists zero turnovers and a bunch of good passes against the raptors who have just tortured him um, that's a really like great monkey to get off your back for Joel. We will talk about Harden in a second, and I want to take some questions from both the Twitch and the YouTube chat, and CJ is going to read them. And CJ's wearing a tank top, so if you're watching it, you're going to get to see CJ in a tank top. So ask questions. CJ's, CJ will, will select the questions in the chat, and we'll also talk about Harden. Before that, body bio. is a, They want to make you healthier, taking care of your brain, taking care of your gut. If you can do those two things, everything comes from that. Hear about gut health and brain health. Body Bio has products to help you toward that. Butyrate is one that I think you should take. We should all take. Butyrate, B-U-T-Y-R-A-T-E, is a supplement. It's actually something that your body makes, but because of what we eat normally, your body doesn't make enough of it. Your diet would have to be wild for your body to make enough of it. So basically, what you do is you order Butyrate from Body Bio by using code RTRS20, getting 20% off. And you take a couple of pills after every meal. And what it's going to do is, first of all, it's going to make you more regular, which is going to make you feel better. Trust me, as a guy who is regular, I'm a very regular person, um, regular in terms of, you know, number twos. Right. And this yeah, is, I, this is too, one too many brags about how regular you are. The people I, that aren't regular are a little upset. About well, it. I'm saying if you take butyrate, you're going to be more regular. But the other thing is, is it's there's a bloat that you have and some people notice it. And specifically, I always talk about this, but you notice it after you eat lunch at work and you're like, oh, and you look and sometimes you can't even see the bloat. You can feel the bloat. Butyrate will help alleviate that. It's a postbiotic. You've heard of all the different gut supplements you can take, but if you could take one, butyrate is absolutely the one to take. Go to Body Bio. We love them. We trust them. They're local. They're family owned and operated. Uh, go to bodybio.com and use code RTRS20. I'm telling you, it'll make you feel better. Use code RTRS20. You get 20% off of anything. So Elite, which we've talked about, um, butyrate, uh, liposomal vitamin C, Calm, all that stuff. Go to bodybio.com and use code RTRS20. All right, James Harden. Looks like he has a little bloat, actually. But I, I would, 
I have two feelings about James Harden in this game. One, it was obviously a pretty good game for James Harden, I think. I thought he created well. That one pass to Maxi was was pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, I kicked ass. It does show how much of his success right now is dependent on that on the three going down. And I know that sounds elementary, like, of course, you know, whether he's going to hit shots or not. And I, I, I'm glad he did try to go to the rim, but I was hoping to see a, a physical burst that we hadn't seen. I did not see that, but at least he wasn't forcing it. At least he like, you know, I, I thought he played, he did exactly the right things for what he has available to him right now, but I was hoping to see something more physically and I didn't see that. I disagree a little bit. I okay. think that I did see more burst. Uh, I saw a tighter handle. I saw like a more like comfortable step back. I saw like a little bounce off of it. it didn't seem like it was like dead legs. He played 40 minutes and four of seven from three, I think as a result of, you know, cherry picking, but I think it's a result of like how fresh he is and how like the hamstring is, is better. Um, I did think he forced it a couple times. I, I want him to pick his hmm. spots more. I really, he, Two of ten on twos is a result. He had a shot block like four or five times. Evan Turner esque in that N- way. Not quite. Evan Turner got shot blocked on like <laughs> jumpers, which which is tough to do. Uh, from like from like uh, short of the foul line, like eleven foot jumpers. Evan Turner just getting swatted. Um, Harden, it's just like he's trying to do like the put the ball on the other guy's chest and come out. And Toronto's just long, and they they're expecting it and they're smart. Um, so I would like him to pick his spots more and not try to like like go into Presses Shachua or or Siakam because they're long and they can recover. I think you can do that to Gary Trent, even though he's a physical defender. I think definitely Van Vliet, although he's got quick hands and can knock it out, which he did once or twice. Um, so I, I would like him to pick his spots more and be the like drive to kick guy because they're always they're always going to have to account for him. Even like the reputation that he has still, especially if the threes are going in, which now that he set the tone for that, like they'll they'll have to play it. Like Guys are going to be open, and I would much rather him drive to kick and pick his spots of when he's going all the way to the rim and use the floater sometimes. I just like it's it's less like I see the burst. I saw the first step burst. I didn't see much finishing burst. Like there right. used to be a time he's not. We're not going to say that anymore. But like he used to rise up like over people sometimes. Yeah, he's definitely not going to do that anymore. But like he used to. Be, he's when he's really right, he can like get to his spots around the rim and like finish like around or through physical contact. The Raptors are a tough matchup for that, but um, I would like him to pick his spots more and be, he's been a great, I mean, he's been a great distributor. 14 assists, one turnover is huge. That's exactly what they need from him. Um, Again, that maxi pass was, was ridiculous, but um, I just don't want him to be challenging Toronto's length when they're going stride for stride with him. I Um, I I guess is problematic and he's, you know, still barking for foul calls and stuff. And it's just like, yeah, just, just, Drive to kick sometimes, don't grift. It wasn't working for a lot of it. Like, yeah, I thought he played well for the most part, but but I I would ask him to pick his spots more. But wouldn't to play devil's advocate here? Obviously, I want him to drive to kick more. But the if to to mention he who should not be who shall not be named, if there is no threat of you actually going to the basket and trying to finish, that just becomes less effective, right? Totally. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's no threat to finish, and that's what the floater would do for you. I'd like to seem to use that a little bit, and then you pick your spots when when guys are there. I would just like, you know, it's a tweak. It's a, a, yeah. a levels to it, and I would like 20% less trying to finish for yourself because I don't think he has it anymore and a little bit more um, 
kicking for other people or, or a little like lob situation. Would love him and B-Ball Paul to establish a lob dynamic. Um, those kinds of things I think would be really, really helpful. Last thing I had is that... Because, wait, sorry, just a quick... Because oh, like in, yeah. when, remember when they... When in Houston, and I'd be interested to hear what Daryl thinks about this. In Houston, they did the... Like, Capella's setting a ton of screens for him. Mm-hmm. Before that, like Tyson Chandler and whoever. Um, and it was just Lob City. And then it was, hey, actually get Capella out of there. Because he can just... It's easier if there's fewer guys around. We can beat this guy. He can beat this guy by himself. He kind of can't do that anymore he needs a little bit more manufactured separation and so i would like to see like more mb harden pick and rolls more b-ball paul harden pick and rolls not just him like going like okay i'm just gonna go iso with this guy because he doesn't he doesn't really have that anymore like even even i did see a a stronger first step tonight and we've heard like he's looking good in practice all that (laughs) stuff but like i would i would I don't think you can be like, just go do your thing, James, because he doesn't quite have it anymore. Again, good game today. Super helpful on the court. I would just like, I think you want to calibrate it to be like, let's strip away some of those bad possessions that like in 2017, like, yeah, he's doing that. But like, he's he's not quite there anymore. The last thing I had is that I thought Shake had a little bit of pep in his step tonight. Oh, yeah. I don't, he played okay, but physically... It felt like he was like he he downed a, a an energy drink before he got out there a little bit. It was yeah. just it was more pep than I've seen in Shake Step in a long time. Had some zip. Had had that really nice game down the season where he had like whatever thirty plus. Um, he looked good. He had that early uh, got fouled on the three, hit all three foul shots, hit a big three late to like stretch the lead in that like third quarter area. And then in crunch time had a couple of nights, had that little like finger roll situation. I, I want to shout out like again in that third quarter, he had that uh, he drew an offensive foul on a Raptors transition chance where he sort of just like got in front of uh, Chris Boucher and it was an off ball transition opportunity. And like he just acted like he it was he was trying to do a moving screen, which is great uh, veteran move from from shake. And he's just I, I thought it was really cool when Maxi was cooking in the second half, Maxi like passed it to Shake one time. Shake didn't even look at anything else. He's like, no, you're doing it. Here's the ball back. And I thought that was cool and a good teammate kind of thing because especially like Shake was, you know, n- never hit the heights that Maxi did um, except for that Clippers game against Doc Rivers. But like he was seen as like, maybe this is the next guy kind of thing. And he's taken a nice step back into like a good bench role, a backup point guard, off guard combo, like helpful player type of role. But like, I think there was talk of maybe him not being like fully there for the team or like, you know, pissed about his role and that kind of thing. And it's nice to see him like solidify himself as like the seventh or eighth man on this team and like be really valuable. And, uh, and like the only guy that can be a catch and shoot threat and a like attack the basket threat um, as a handler. And I thought that it's just really nice to see like him be a part of the team and him be like, like playing well, he's playing good ball. Cause he's a good player. And there were times when just because of like circumstances and COVID and all that stuff, like he wasn't quite right. Um, and it's cool. It's like very helpful to see him like this, especially with, without Embiid and, or without Matisse in Toronto. Uh, it's going to be helpful for that. The, the line at DraftKings Sportsbook for game two is Sixers minus six and a half. They were minus four and a half for this game. Their championship odds actually dropped to plus uh, 1500. And mm-hmm. uh, we will do a, a Ricky same game parlay at DraftKings for every game. It's dope, man. They 
they put us like right in the front of the app if you're in PA or New Jersey or I think in uh, in New York as well. So this one cashed. It was uh, Embiid 12, 11 rebounds, uh, Maxi 16 points, Harden 10 assists, and Sixers money line. So we'll cleared it that. easy. Time. What's that? Cleared it easy. easy. Yeah. Almost in the first half, honestly. Well, it was one of those things where uh, I don't bet player props a lot, but just like for some reason it seemed like Embiid didn't get a rebound for like 15 straight minutes. You know, like he was sitting at the number right before we needed. Um, Mike, if you don't have anything else on any other players, I was going to tell CJ to bring up some uh, questions. couple last quick things. Yep. I did think it was interesting that we are there was a time when they staggered Harden and Embiid. Doc yes. did, I think, in the first half, um, when it was Maxi, when it was Harden with the backups, and then I think in the second half, if I remember, it was them both off the court, and it was Maxi and Tobias out there. So I, I wonder what the rationale is with that, and what worked. But like, it's just nice that there's enough guys that can defend, enough guys that can create, and enough guys that can shoot, like to tread water there. And then maybe that's not the case next game, but. Honestly, one game where it's not a huge problem is such a win. I just can't express it. Like, it's hard to imagine if you're new to this team. It's hard to imagine, like, why are these guys spending so much time with it? And they seem, like, really traumatized by it. And the answer is absolutely. <laughs> absolutely traumatized by the backup center position. And the fact that Doc is playing Paul Reed, which, again, how did he not play more in the regular season? It's remarkable. How have the Sixers never had a stretch five? The Raptors have 18 stretch fives on their team. Just like everybody in the world, like Ken Birch hoisting threes. And he didn't take one tonight, but uh, Precious Achua, like all of a sudden is like an elite three-point shooter and like attacking off the bounce, like and blocking shots is unbelievable. Um, and I want to say nice, exactly what he's here for. Such a nice improvement over Mike Scott, who we also love, uh, game from George Niang. Yes. Just like doing his thing, um, catch and shoot threes, getting to his spots, Floating, relocating in the corner, uh, being available, being like a physical defender, even if he's not like that gifted. He's just really, he's just really, really helpful. 16 minutes. That's like exactly how much you want him for. Um, really, really nice. Just like a good, a good, you know, for, for a team that you're like all season long, we've been worried about the role players. Like this was a really nice as Maxi takes the leap and being like, he's just straight up, not a role player anymore. He's like the guy, um, the other role players really stepped up and that was big. Before we get to CJ, uh, I did mention DraftKings right now with the NBA playoffs. If you bet five bucks on any team, if you're a new user and you use code RTRS, new user, you bet a hunt, bet five bucks and get 150 bucks in free bets instantly. No matter whether your team wins or not, new customers get five dollars on any team to win, and you get 150 bucks in free bets instantly. I mentioned the Ricky Same Game Parlay, which is going to happen every playoff game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code RTRS to bet five bucks on any NBA team to win their game, and uh, you get 150 dollars in free bets instantly. That's promo code RTRS at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. The other thing about DraftKings that I love, I played a little blackjack during halftime. If I'm being honest, I did lose $15. I do love the casino as well. Um, and it's easy to take your money out, to put it in, completely trustworthy, all right here in the U.S. of A. Again, promo code RTRS at DraftKings.com. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. CJ, do you have any uh, any questions from the chat? Look at this fucking guy with the the. All of a sudden, he's mentioned in the emails, and now he's wearing tank tops in the fucking. 
in the YouTube. Like, I'm a people doing? pleaser. We got a we, we got a couple questions. Yeah, CJ um, sending emails to himself on the Ricky email saying like maybe don't show, maybe don't put a shirt on next time. Got an right. interesting email from JC. I'm building my brand. This is all steps I'm taking to get there. That's huge. All right. Gums. I love it. That's right. We got one from Zach. How comfortable are we now that B-Ball Paul is the backup? Are we in full Paul Reed victory tour mode? Oh, are, we, are you kidding me? We're going to take credit for this for 100 years. 100%. We made this change. Yeah. 100%. I, the, the crowd was chanting B-Ball Paul at several yeah. ti times tonight. I heard a B-Ball Paul Reed chant, which was bizarre. I think some people were chanting Paul Reed and some people were chanting B-Ball Paul, and they like kind of like crossed paths at a certain point. It was kind of an interesting like audio experiment um he's i i don't trust doc i think i think no matter you know if they advance the series or if like toronto somehow like signs greg monroe or something he's already on a team some like big seven footer off the street i think he's gonna be like well i have to play deandre now i said i would and that's just me following through on my things like i'm a little bit worried about that whether it's this series or next series but paul reed deserves to be the backup center he deserved to be it during the regular season he deserved to get a shot at it he deserves to be considered for it like long term going forward. Like he's just a guy that you gotta and and he should continue improving as a three point shooter, which he is in the G League. Like that would be huge going forward. Like these kinds of things, like the Sixers have never had a consistent backup center since and like it's not it doesn't even count, like Nerlands. And like that was obviously fraught in a bunch of different ways. Um, and he was also the starter with seven other centers at one point. So um it's really important for this year and going forward that B-Ball Paul is empowered and like continues to improve as like a, as a different kind of player because he, he just throws different looks at guys. And that's what like, that's what the good teams do. Like you look at the jazz and they're like, Hey, we got Gobert. Okay. Now in Gobert sitting, it's Hassan Whiteside who's just like Gobert on tranquilizers. So great. Like you got to throw different looks at guys. It's too easy to scheme if you're not throwing different looks at guys. So I, I, I hope it's, I hope this is like a forever thing. Yeah. I mean, boy, what a, hopefully he's scared to death of the reaction of not doing it anymore. I don't it, think does, it doesn't seem like he gives a fuck, but no. so somebody, somebody tweeted at me, like, how much do you think doc rivers would hate you guys? If he, if he was like on Twitter and heard your podcast oh. and, Bad. If he thinks he hates Derek, he really, yeah. it's not even close. Yeah. Like, not even close. yeah if he even sure. knows how to pull up, he, he would pull up twitter.com on like a flip phone and he would have some tough times on there. He would hate it. He would try to respond to everyone individually. Not even Michelangelo. He, he would try to be like, I'm Doc Rivers and here's why you're an idiot. He has a Twitter. In fact, he I'm going to use it really. You don't think, well, hold on. I think it's an assistant. At Doc Rivers, we told you. B ball Paul was. I haven't good. seen the post game quotes. If he's is he talking more shit about B ball Paul? Yeah. Post -game? <laughs> no more. He's uh, just like I'm no proud of him, but he sucks, and I regret it still. Um, all right, next. What do you got? Corey, Corey wants to know with no Thibault in Toronto, does Ferk or someone else get added to the rotation, or do we just see more Green Yang shake? They use a nine man rotation tonight, starters, and then everyone else that came in. I think there's a possibility for could at least get a look, but I think it's more likely you see more Nyang. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I don't trust Corkmaz or, or Joe right now. Um, honestly, I guess there's a chance that it's Charlie Brown, 
for like a couple defensive possessions here and there. <laughs> You're the best. I swear to God, I, this is not a joke whatsoever. I think for a defensive possession here and there, I think they put Charlie Brown in. And I wouldn't hate it. Like you, you see, like Atlanta takes takes Trey Trey Young out for defense. Like I don't mind taking out bad defenders for defense and putting in guys that could just at least be active and get their hands in there. Um, I wouldn't put Corkmans in. I wouldn't put Isaiah Joe in. At least Charlie Brown has athleticism and can like contest something. Charlie Brown. All right, one more. Serious, Mike? Do you stand? I know you're serious. By your, I know you're Good. serious. Yep. Good. Do you stand by your prediction? You have to. Um. Oh, yeah, have to. sure. Yeah. I don't care if, yeah. if this makes the Sixers win. Absolutely, I'll be the. I'll fucking. I'll be a loser. I don't give a shit. Uh, I'm. I'm trying to mentally protect myself over here, and there just happens to be a podcast microphone that records me doing it. If I wasn't, if I didn't have a podcast, I'd still be like by myself, being like, they're probably not going to win. They're probably it's, it's okay. They're not going to win. I don't know why I'm doing this voice to myself. Um, but yeah, I. I mean, without Scotty Barnes, here's what I'm worried about as a there as we a, go the negative side of this if van vliet is really like still not himself and scotty is out for whether it's next game or or more games i'm sure they'll i'm sure he'll try to play but um it, he looked to be in like a lot of pain uh which sucks he's such a fun player and had a great season um i'm worried about the sixers being like we got game one a little coast and like a like a lose 88 86 type of game um where you're like now it's one one and you don't get it's not like you mm-hmm. don't get points for beating them by more in game in game one so i'm a little bit worried about that hopefully it's just the like physicality and the couple technical fouls and the little pushing and shoving and beat is going to come out ju- just as fired up and and we'll r- ram it down their throats but a little bit worried about it, like a okay we got this and and start to coast the uh which could, the... which could extend the series more than it should be the last thing, uh, the last thing I uh, I did want to bring up is, did you see the tweets? So Simmons apparently is n- about to start practicing with the Nets for real. Did you see the the tweet from Nick Friedle that said there were actually two or three Nets beat writers who said that Ben Simmons looked at them and said, "Make sure you're getting this," and then dunked it, and then said. There you go, or something to that effect. I didn't say it. Oh, really? It's the, very bizarre to keep <laughs> to keep doing the like. He's thinking about this. He might play this. Here it is, looking good. He's finally playing. Steve Nash being like, I don't know. He's never. I don't know. Very I've bizarre. Never met him. Yeah, I don't know. I'm feeling. I'm feeling too good to feel to be bogged down in 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 even positive, even like Schadenfreude Simmons stuff. Yeah. I just don't. He said, uh, Nick, Nick Friedel says, Ben Simmons just looked over at me and said, make sure you get this. Then he dunked, and he said, there you go. Um, I'm 6'10", I can dunk, pretty good. Nash, pretty nice, on, right? Nash on Simmons, he's still working on his individual program. He does some running, but like I said the other day, no sprinting. Honestly, I don't see what he's doing, but I know he's not sprinting. I think he's clearly improving, but I have no idea if he's getting close to play or not. So there you go. I'm sure he's tired of answering questions, just as every yes. other coach has been before can you imagine uh, how annoyed like steve nash is like I, I i can't believe with as much money as he has and is like he seems like a, a dude that like does fun stuff that he wants to be doing this you know like doc Rivers seems like a miserable motherfucker like i can't imagine him doing anything else no <laughs> doc just likes walking around shaking hands having a thinking about golf 
All right. fine. Well, this was um, a great start to the playoffs, Mike. It great totally was. Start. Couple couple last last possible things. I yes. I do wonder. We talked about the Sixers' possible rotation without Matisse. I do wonder if 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 Scotty's out and if Thad's out, mm-hmm. did the Raptors add somebody? And especially if Van Vliet is not a hundred percent and he's and and they're worried about it. I I would I would bet that they consider giving some minutes to Malachi Flynn, who's their okay. backup point guard. Um who's also a good shooter and could get to the basket. They really didn't. They had a tough time, like getting any great looks at the basket. Unlike just manufacturing it. Sometimes the Sixers miscommunicated and they got a couple and the Raptors like still shot 40% from three. Like they didn't have a terrible game. I think the Sixers were mostly just like clicking on all cylinders. Um, so I, there's a chance that it's, I, I would expect to see a little bit of Malachi at some point. Um, although he can't really hang defensively against anybody except for maybe Maxi or Danny or something. Or you could do, they could go Utah Watanabe, who they put in earlier, yeah. um, who's kind of long, uh, big, can handle a little bit, kind of like fits the theme of like long terrors who can keep you thro- getting thrown at Embiid or whatever. Um, so that's something to consider for them. I'm not writing them off. Like they're just too smart and too good. No, and the yeah. have, have written we'll be miserable worse opponents enough. off before. And I just can't, they have to like, they have to like choke them out. Like they just have to, if Scotty's out, that means they have to just like absolutely like choke the life out of them. Like we can't, the Hawk series was so recently and it sucked so bad. And you just got to like, every game is like the game of your life. It's the playoffs. We got it. Like This is shaping up. If there's a good playoff run here, it's shaping up to be like a tremendous revenge tour, whether it's this game, the, the Raptor series, which is obviously a monkey off their back. Next round would be, Jimmy and Kyle Lowry uh, or Trey Young and the Hawks. And then if, if you get past that, then it's either Brooklyn, which is a lot, or Boston, which is a lot, or Milwaukee, which it's finally uh, Embiid versus Giannis. So like, that's a, there's a lot of revenge to be had. And I want them all to have this like serious purpose to fucking just kill everybody. <laughs> like, let's go. We have suffered. We've suffered so much. I want Embiid. I want this for Embiid so bad. And uh, the song, the playoff song, it, it sounds so loud when it hits. 10, 9, 8, 76ers. Oh, it sounds, okay. I know you hate it, but like the, the first note, it seems like the audio guy is like, I'm, hit, I'm hitting it. This is maxed out. I'm going right to 11. And the playoff song has and people lose their mind. I love it. And uh, wish I wish I could be there for the game. But uh to feel in person but i would also be too terrified to watch a loss in person that would be this would have been a perfect game to be at if i watched a loss in person i i, I might just like start living at the wells fargo center and never leave um <laughs> i'm very happy it was a very happy time it was great it was a great game i'm feeling good i'm surviving and, and enjoying myself for once um you know people have asked uh if if you're new we do pods after every game we'll do our best to do them right after the game occasionally uh we'll have to do them you know a little bit delayed but um this is both the best time of year and the worst time of year um, that's right it's a lot of fucking podcasts we're all it's a it is a thoroughly disgusting i'm hot right now i'm i'm, I'm sweaty in the desert heat watching the game i'm mostly just like clutching things i've like i was like clutching like a tissue box for a while just like squeezing the life out of it and i was like why am i holding this uh it's just unpleasant i broke i almost broke my sister's picture frame because i was mm. excited by one of those maxi plays it's just like we're it's a destructive time but the parade we gotta just keep head down one game at a time 
get to the parade. If I was home, I might I might be wearing the Mike Scott headband, but maybe that's retired. Maybe we move it on. Oh, maybe I think we find a new move. thing this this playoffs. We'll find we'll figure it out. But the the bad vibes of that of me choking myself after the Hawks series was was too much to bear. If if the Sixers get to the finals, does Mike Scott have to send the hockey jersey to one of the current Sixers to wear, Absolutely. or or Absolutely. does Mike Scott have to wear it during the finals? He could, I want him involved in it in some way. Yeah, we gave at one of the live rookies. We gave Mike Scott a rights Ricky Sanchez hockey jersey, which was very cool. Yeah, with his name, um, and he liked it a lot, which was cool. Also, and he said he would wear it to the finals. But as we might remember, the Sixers haven't quite made one of those things in a while. <laughs> um. And, uh, but he's still like beloved. So I would love if Mike yeah. Scott would like present it to like, honestly, Niang feels, I mean, he replaced them. So that's fine. Like a Niang or like a, like a Maxi as a crowd pleaser, even like a B-ball Paul is like sort of like a renegade type. Just give um, it to fucking, fucking Joe, talk. man. Give it to Joe. Joel, obviously it would be cool, but Mike Scott being involved in presenting it and like maybe Mike Scott like showing up. Is there a way to get Mike Scott like to sit behind the bench the way like Carmelo did for those Lakers games when he was like partly retired, like just have him like around to be like cheering. What's his fuck? Uh, Stauskas sat behind the, under the hoop a bunch of times. Yeah. Get him to ring the bell. Stauskas is on the Celtics, which would be really funny on the Sixers. He's not playing really, but get, get Mike Scott to ring the bell. He should ring the bell. Yeah. And how about the the Sixers speaking of the bell, Meek Mill, who's rang it a bunch. So maybe it's not as like cool anymore. I mean, it's still cool. He's still a cool figure rather than like, like, James, the season ticket holder, like there was a curse of like too many good, any good, any cool bell ringer the Sixers lose in the playoffs. So the, this is this is nice, and nice, nice to win on a cool bell ringer and, and hopefully break that curse forever because it's cool when they have cool Then bell I won't fuck with you. We'll talk to you Monday night. You don't Are you done with TTP? Yeah, you. No. Lick face. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me. Then I, 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 I,